Welcome to Scale with Virtual Assistants, where we explore how to get support from virtual assistants so that you can grow your business and have a life. I am super excited today. I am joined by Michael Royale. He helps busy people get finance, which is awesome because we're all busy and we all should need finance for our investing endeavors. Um, and he's also the networking king. He can fill a room, he knows people, and he's been doing heaps of push-ups. So he started off doing two and now he can do 50 and I think he's a legend. So welcome, Michael. Hey, how you going, Carmen? I'm awesome. So, Michael, um, you've had a virtual assistant for a few years now, Anna. I'm going to talk a little bit more about her soon. But tell me, when you um, came to us and, you know, asked for support with a virtual assistant, where was your business at? Well, it was just starting, it was the year before COVID. <clears throat> so we didn't even know COVID existed when I first met you. Um, it was, uh, I think it was about the second half of 2019, I think. Yes. And I thought to myself after visiting your presentation in South Melbourne in a little room, which we wouldn't have been able to hold in that room six months later. No, I probably even shouldn't <clears throat> end, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I know you asked me what I was thinking and I said, look, not right now, um, but I'm interested in the LinkedIn strategy that you guys are talking about and working out how I can use LinkedIn to grow my finance business. And then we fast forward to January, February the next year, and I said, okay, I think I'm ready to start now. And so we selected a virtual assistant. So you um, gave me a panel of two or three that you had uh, identified. And um, I didn't actually choose the one that you first thought I should take, actually. I think I chose um, another one who I thought was, uh, once we interviewed them, I think, we all agreed that the one that I was in favour of was probably the better fit for me and my business, which was Anna. And you asked me again, because we were looking at the LinkedIn strategy, and I think that was going to be, I don't know how many hours a week. And then you'd asked me about whether I wanted a full-time virtual assistant. And I said, no, let's just stick to the LinkedIn strategy. And then two or three weeks later, I said, so what's this full-time option again? And you said, um, you told me, you told me the cost. I said, so it's only, I think it was $400 more a month for the full-time option. And I said, done. Let's yeah. get started. So yeah. we got started and um, then we started firing up and that was February, March. And I've forgotten exactly the day that COVID hit us with the first lockdown, but I do remember it from the perspective that that was the weekend I was going to go out and visit real estate agents as they were doing open for inspections. And that was the first Saturday of lockdown. So I had to put that strategy back in the drawer and LinkedIn became my, uh, or Anna, and what she was doing on LinkedIn became my number one strategy. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness you decided to move your networking prowess online on LinkedIn with Anna's support. So I love how you know, the scope of what you wanted support with has changed and expanded over time. And that's quite a um, standard story. So tell me, what sort of things does Anna do in your business now? Okay. So initially, <clears throat> when I recruited Anna and she came on board, she was all about the um, messaging. 
um, on LinkedIn and connections. And then I literally, we just fell over different things that we needed doing in the marketing sense. So I was doing some uh, video recordings and we were using, I think, rev.com for the titles. And then Anna started editing the videos. And then she did things like put on a front cover for the video. So it didn't just have my face there just starting off. Um, yeah. So we tried different things. And she did other things. She tried some cartoons uh, for the LinkedIn strategy. We dabbled in doodly, but we didn't actually take it that far in the end, but we still got it there in the background. Um, and so she just kind of, I encouraged her to do things that I knew, I, two things, either I didn't have the time to do or um, I didn't have the incl inclination to do um, because it was too technical for me and I'd have to learn a whole new skill set. And I think I've done enough learning of skill sets in my time. I decided I didn't want to branch into um, graphic design and marketing. I thought I'd stick to what, I, stick to what I'm doing. Um, and uh, and so she became the in-house expert on those things and the go-to person if I needed anything done. So if I came across a nice nifty bit of software, I'd uh, send her the link and say, have a look at this, and she would have a look at it, and if we thought it was worthwhile taking it to the next step, we would. That's amazing. And um, every time, for people listening, every time I speak to Michael, he's always got something new and exciting that he's heard about and is exploring. And so what I'm hearing, Michael, is that Anna has supported you to explore some of those things by doing a lot of the, that exploration on your behalf. Yeah, because you wouldn't, exactly right, Carmen, because I would they would have just stayed as interesting ideas and and I, or either that or I would have got distracted doing them, which would have taken me away from what I should have been doing. So one thing I've discovered about myself over the last uh, couple of years with this situation using Anna is that there's only so much your brain can ever cope with. It's like a hard drive. My, my hard drive gets full very quickly. And, uh, and so by delegating to Anna, I can free up some space to do what I need to do. Yes. And still get it done in the background. Yeah. I, I really resonate with the, um, by having a virtual assistant, it frees you up to play a little bit. So, for example, uh, I posted this video on TikTok. My team took it from TikTok, put on YouTube shorts. I don't really even know what YouTube shorts are. But anyway, it went off on YouTube shorts. And then I'm like, oh, maybe if we change the video by making the middle bit faster, it would be better. And if I, it was left up to me, like that'd take me a week to work out how to do. I messaged my team this morning and like within 10 minutes, they sent me this video. I'm like, cool, let's just like put that out there and see how it goes. It might be a flop, but it might be great. So that's amazing. And I know Anna helps you with your CRM and sending out like reports to prospects as well. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so we're just, what, and again, this some of this evolves over time where you're saying, look, we've spent a lot of time on content development. And so at the moment, I think we're pretty full in terms of content that we need. So we've, we've dabbled in some other areas. So Anna's dabbled in a bit of the website, um, getting the blogs all right on the website. Um, and we've got some constraints there around the, the back-end WordPress software that's being used, There's whatever the package is that supports yeah. WordPress for us. Um, but she's working through that. And then 
more recently, um, I've got a, uh, an assistant who lives locally to me who comes over, currently currently isolating with COVID, would you believe? How, how strange is that? Um, and uh, she's been doing my admin tasks and she's also been getting involved in what we do. And she's been doing a lot of uh, what I call repetitive tasks that you need to be switched on when you're doing them, but they're being done every week or, or, or so. So I've said to Nayadi, who's my local uh, assistant, um, what tasks can we pass on to Anna that will build up Anna's skills um, that you're currently doing and free you up um, as well? Because at the end of the day, all these tasks are valuable for either the marketing or the client interaction. For example, we give our clients uh, when when someone lists a prop when, when someone comes to us for finance and they've got a property, we automatically do what we call a free property report for them, which is like what a real estate agent would do, but without the hard sell afterwards to sell your property. So we give them you know, a 20, 20 plus page document about their property, comparable sales, um, sales history, rental, et cetera, et cetera, the suburb details, everything. So that's kind of a little value add where we show them what their property is worth at the moment as per what the market is saying. And it also gives them some something. It's obviously a tangible, a tangible product as well. So that was being done by Nayadi, but is now Anna's going to become the in-house expert and then she'll run it past Nayadi before we send it out so that we'll still have a quality control aspect there. Um, and we always look to improve things. So we're always looking at little things we can do to make it a, a better experience for the client and increase that wow factor. So that's one thing we're doing. And there are a couple of other things which I'm sure will come to me shortly, but we had a, we had a chat yesterday. This was all fresh. So yeah. just, uh, fresh love, off, off the oven. I love that distinction, Michael, because um, Anna was implementing a lot of new things like around your LinkedIn marketing, but another thing a lot of business owners like yourself get their virtual assistant to do are things that either they're doing or things that their onshore staff are doing. So an example that's quite common is business owners come to me and they say they want um, support for their sales team. So their virtual assistant does the, the calendars and the updating the CRM and collecting the information. So the sales team, like the local sales team, can do more, have more conversations and be um, even more effective in their role. So I love that you're looking at that model with your onshore support Nayadi and freeing her up to be able to um, do other things in the business by getting Anna to do some of like Nayadi's role. Yeah, and the other thing too is I'm just recently doing a um, business coaching course and the first thing they said was where they get the most quick wins for their clients when they're going through the coaching process is with time management and um, passing off tasks that could be done by someone else. Yes. And it's really interesting because I reckon probably to 80% I'd already done that. So I was already a long way down that track. And the only reason I was a long way down that track is I was using Nayadi and Anna to do things that I could do. But what it did do, it refocused me again and said, okay, so what am I still holding on to that is still residual that I haven't yet decided to release to someone else? So the fact that you've got someone there means that you're getting it better at time management because, you know, let's face it, 
Anna, Anna would be, I'm sure she'd be happy with the statement, but I want to keep her busy. Mm. <laughs> I don't want her sitting around and thinking, what am I going to do next? Yeah. I'd rather be I'd rather her be thinking, I've got today full and half tomorrow full and the next day as well. Um, yeah. So I know I've got the workflow happening. And so my job in a way is to say, look, I'm going to release all these tasks, even if I'm not really sure how I'm going to do it. It's, I start thinking about how can I release part of this task so that someone can do it, spend more time doing it properly and mean that I don't get bogged down on something that might take me half an hour. I can actually yeah. free up that half hour. Yeah, I completely agree. And I love that, like, you're recognising it as a journey. You say 80% of the way there, but there's always that the um, incremental improvement to be done. I, you know, I recently woke up the other day and I thought, oh, there's parts of the sales follow-up that I could get Jonathan, one of my amazing virtual assistants, to do. And so then I just dreamt up, how could we get this happening? And Jonathan, I've been working on it for a couple of weeks and now we've got it pretty much, you know, okay. So, um yeah, so it's like that continuous improvement. So with Anna's support, like how has that contributed to your business? Well, I think the first thing is we've done things we could never have done because it would have taken me too long. So there's a whole lot of stuff in our business <clears throat> from the marketing and communication side that just wouldn't have happened. Now, have I got the short-term return on that? Probably not at this stage. But the interesting thing is, I reached out to someone the other day who I haven't spoken to for years. And I just thought, you know, again, with COVID and everything else happening, and I just reached out and I said, look, how are you going? Sent him a text. He rang me back. In fact, I need to ring him back again, actually. I can't delegate that after, after, after ringing back. Um, <clears throat> And he said, oh, he said, I can see, I can see you're, you know, you're fired up your new business. Now, the only place he would see that is on social media. Um, and so when you know that, you're saying, okay, I haven't got anything out of that, like a specific thing, but I do know that it's bringing, it's, it's keeping me on someone's shopping list, if that makes sense. So I, my brand is, and my brand's obviously also me as well as BIR. Um, is it stays on people's shopping list. So you, when you do reach out in a way that can, connects with people, they're already aware of who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. And, and I think you've hit the nail on the head, the attraction marketing model that you're using, it, it's a long-term game. So we get people reaching out to us that say, oh, I came to an event three years ago and I've been seeing you on social media and receiving an email set since. And But if, if they've been following us for three years, if they book in a sales call, like they're almost a done deal uh, because they've been following us for that long. So it is a long-term game. It's less transactional. It's about relationships, which is, I know, what what you really value as well. So um, I think that's, I think, yeah, that's a really fair statement. So it's, it's increased your people's awareness of you um and yeah that's amazing and so one of the main questions i get asked is how do you communicate with your virtual assistant so michael i'd love to know how you communicate with anna i communicate very well (laughs) (laughs) well she's happy so you must do quite a good job michael (laughs) well it's really funny you say that because i think particularly when someone's remote you've you've got to remember that 
a lot of the the communication is more is it is a different type of communication. So they can't see my face every day. I can't see their face every day. If they're living in the same office as you, it's a very different dynamic. And there's pluses and minuses to both of those. Um, so two things I do is, or I try to do, is when Anna does something well, is I always make sure that I communicate, well done, thank you, that's great. And I probably it's probably more than you would do if you were face-to-face with someone because you... You've got to kind of amplify the message a little bit, if that makes sense, yes. uh, because of that remoteness. Um, so we use, I'm, I'm Outlook-centric on my IT system, so we use um, Teams for chat. We use, uh, I'm Google-centric as well, so I'm, I've got two centrics, Google and, Google and Microsoft. Um, so we use Google for, uh, so the Google platform and then Zoom for um uh, video meetings so we'll probably we're not religious on this but we'll probably catch up once a week for an admin meeting it just depends on how busy I am and what my my mind is like in terms of the work I'm doing um, as long as I know Anna and Nayadi are busy in the background doing what they need to do I'm probably one of these managers that's it's a bit more hands-off than hands-on yes um, so I let people get on with what they need to do and they can ask me questions so we communicate by teams, um, the meetings. Uh, we haven't set up WhatsApp, but actually it's, it's interesting we're having this conversation because that was something that came across my mind recently is we really probably need to set up WhatsApp. So I might have to uh, ask you for tips on that later on in case you might have some. Um, and then obviously emails. You know, So yeah. Anna will send me, when she does a Google Sheets on something that I've asked her to set up, um, yeah. Like recently, the first home buyers, we were looking at all the lenders who were offering the um, government grant for the 5% um, uh, guarantee, the government guarantee. Um, I gave her the data. Basically, what I did, I said, here's a list of lenders who are are doing it. Um, Nayadi, give to Anna the list of lenders I'm accredited with um, and then marry them all up so we can see which ones we can approach and then I can go back to my clients and say I've got a choice of eight lenders here off this list because a lot of them are credit unions. So I've got a list of of all the lenders I've got and then I can go back to them and ask them how many spots do you have available. So we'll we'll close the loop off there. So some of it I will do, um, some of it Anna will do. I'll probably, and again over time, I will show Anna and Naadi how to use Merge um, so they can do the Merge for me. And then all I'm doing is doing the content of what I want to say and let them do the rest of it. There's so much I love about this story. One is that it involves Naadi, Anna and yourself, and so each of you are doing a component of it. And then the second part of the story I like is you going, okay, well, this is my role in it so far, but I'm already thinking in the future how I can reduce the size of my role and get more support with it. So Mm -hmm. that's gold. Like it sort of shows the evolution and it also shows those ad hoc tasks. So when we're scoping roles, we don't know what we don't know. Like we don't know that we, you you know, a few years ago, you didn't know that you wanted Anna to do this cross-checking and this research, but... If we get someone with the appropriate skill set, that they can pick up these ad hoc, ad hoc things. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and she's really good. I mean, again, you've got to select the right person. Yes. 
But Anna is, I can give her something to learn and she will become the um, self-appointed expert in on that area in our business. Yeah. So I don't have to become the expert. All I've got to know is that we have a solution that can be implemented and works. So there's a bit of initial checking. Um, and I think once you once you know something, it's like anything with anyone who works for you. Once you know something's working, you let them get on and do it. Is my strategy. Um, I don't I don't want them I don't want them reporting back to me any more than they need to to make sure they're doing their job efficiently and effectively. Yeah, that makes sense. And one thing that I also like about your communication is that you um, have Anna incorporated with. Uh, your team so Nayadi you and Anna I know when I've met with you guys you, there's often the three of you there and because sometimes people just go oh virtual assistant like they're sort of over there separate to my team but you don't see it like that do you no and in fact anyone who's on who works in my business I've got a view about business life now um, that your team doesn't have to be employed um, you have consultants who are part of your team. Even if they're highly paid consultants, they're still part of my team. So, for example, my um, CRM system and website is done by someone who charges me 150 bucks an hour to fix things. But I've now got Anna and Nayadi, both of them communicate with this person because there's no value. There's no value that I'm creating by having that contact myself. Yes, I'm, I'm not making it a better job by doing it. Um, so, even if they don't do it exactly the way I like, and that's one of the biggest problems people often have with with, with any staff, whether it's virtual or, or local. You know, you've got to take the view. Eighty to ninety-five percent of what I do, and sometimes it's one hundred and twenty percent of what I do, because <laughs> my, my skills are not that good. Um, no, you've got you've got to you've got to be fair to both sides here. Um, but you say, you know what, whatever it is, let's just get it done. Um, action becomes more important than inaction. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So, Michael, what have you learnt about yourself on this like on this journey so far? Oh, I think um, it's a really interesting one. You you say that because. I think one of the things that I'm continually learning about myself is my capacity to engage others to help me. Whereas probably when I probably pre this experience, when I, I mean I've had my own business, I was a, I was in a large corporate um, environment accounting firm. I was a partner at Arthur Anderson for those. Who are old enough to know who Arthur Anderson was? Uh, he's voluntarily dead by now, of course, but um, his business carried on. And in the nineties, I was a partner there. And when I left that, realizing that that sort of corporate life wasn't for me, and it was before they. Um, Arthur, for those who know the story, they know that Arthur Anderson, as a business, also collapsed, which is quite amazing, being the largest accounting firm at one stage, and then becoming uh, a non-event. But um, I left before then, but I realised I was always my own. I, I was always running my own business, doing it my way because it was easy. Yes. Now I've got a team of two or three, and I'm building that up. I don't want a big team necessarily. I do want to build my team, but I want to build it in a way that suits me and the way I operate. 
and Anna and Nayadi are facilitating. I mean, they're doing, and I, I, I was just going to add as well, um, Carmen, you say, what are they doing? I've actually said to Anna, we had a conversation last week, actually. I said, I want to reduce the marketing content of your week from five days to three days. And then I said, for the other two days, we're going to start doing operational stuff in the yes. so for finance. So I'm actually putting them through the training courses for um, for what's called support um, support staff in in a, in a loan writing situation, and they will build their skills. Both Nayadi and and Anna will build their skills so that they'll become. There'll actually be a cost recovery element to their job as well as just a cost element. So there's the when, when I say that in the sense that if they're helping getting revenue in the door because they're getting files process then that's yes. a good thing and that's just a that's a, that's an evolution it wouldn't have happened i probably wouldn't have even thought about it six to 12 months ago yeah yeah uh, we well, can hear the accountant talking with the cost recovery term i like that <laughs> and 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 i think the reason um by reducing anna's marketing from five days to three days it doesn't mean you're going to be doing less marketing but it's because so a lot, a lot of that time was spent on the exploration the development of content but you guys have got this bank there so anna can now do as much marketing as you guys have been doing by spending less time because you've got those resources which is fantastic exactly. and, and it's it's recognizing that and actually positioning the content in a way that can be used, you know, um, time effectively. And it takes time to build that. I mean, I probably, you ask, what have you learned? You, you learn a lot about what you don't know as you go along the path. And sometimes you start swimming and you just keep swimming. And then all of a sudden you realize, actually, I can actually stop swimming here and do it a little bit differently. Um, so let's let's try it. And, you know, we'll trial it. It's like everything, there's no set solution um, that will work. You keep trialing things, and you say, "What's best? What's best for the people in the business? What's best for the clients? How can I get the best experience so my time is being used effectively for my clients? They're getting me at my sharpest, um, but I'm not being bogged down by things that are denting and diluting my my impact. Yeah. So it's using the team approach to say, "How can we? How can we do this better?" Yeah, I love it. And it's an evolution. So, Michael, what do you think your secret to success is? Uh, this is one of those, well, I always say this is the thing I always ask, and I don't know where I, I learned this from originally, but I love it. Um, you never ask, can I do something? You always ask, how can I do something? Big difference. Um, one assumes there's a it's probably more likely to be a no because um, it's going to be hard and difficult the other one says it's hard and difficult but let's find a way yeah yeah that's amazing and so michael there's probably people listening to this thinking that they that they're considering getting a virtual assistant what advice do you have to those people before you start with someone, you might have you might have some ideas around what you want them to do, but like anyone in a business, when you employ anyone, and a virtual assistant is just another part of you know it's part of your business, so it's just another another member of your team. Um, sometimes you don't know again, you don't know what you don't know, and so it's only when you start 
that you actually start to realize, oh, they can do this or they can do that. And, and when you're interacting with them, you'll get feedback from them as well by virtue of their enthusiasm or their interest. So you will develop a relationship that's unique for them and yourself. Um, so sometimes, you've, again, you've just got to start. Uh, yes. Make that decision to say, you know what, my business could do with some additional re resources. I can try and keep doing it all myself. But realistically, is that the best thing for me and my lifestyle? And is it the best thing for my business? Mm, yeah. And I completely resonate with that, like getting your first virtual assistant. I know for me, it was actually really scary. And for a lot of our clients, it's quite scary because um, you don't know what you don't know yet. Uh, but I think if you take your approach of learning and, you know, being on a journey with it, I think and then it can be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, I've really loved our chat today. What I've, What's really resonated with me is, like the evolution of things, how things have changed over the years, how things are currently changing, how you're getting your team to do things at the moment, but you're already thinking it, scheming about how they're going to do more of that task next time, which I think is fantastic. So um, thank you so much for being so sharing. Now, there are some people that are listening who I'm sure are very busy and, you know, want to, uh, you know, get investment properties or get better deals on their current mortgages. So how can people find you? Well, I'm here on the end of this video. <laughs> um, so website is www.bir.net.au. Um, I'm on LinkedIn under Michael Royal. I'm on Facebook. Um, <clears throat> BIR Solutions is the company brand that's on Facebook and LinkedIn. I think we're on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, oh, God, we're everywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. <laughs> Someone put me there. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So yeah. Michael, Michael's a man who gets around, so you can check him out on um, social media and his website. So, Michael, any final words that you'd like to share with the people listening? Okay. This is a plug. Not This is a plug for me, but indirectly it's for the people out there because most people don't realise this. So I'm going to share with you a little bit of wisdom that actually comes from the ACCC. Um, who did a report on the finance industry in 2020. Now, I haven't got the stats in front of me, but let me tell you some numbers that might um, I become eye-opening for some people there who already have a mortgage. Typically, if you have a mortgage, uh, within one year, you are starting to pay significantly more than the best rates in the market. Okay? So the, existing, the old existing customer syndrome crops up where the existing customers end up paying more than the market is offering. Um, it starts off at, a, I think it's a, without remembering the number exactly, because the first year I didn't uh, memorise that well, but it's it's down around the, uh, call it $100, 70 to $100 uh, a month per, per 100,000 borrowed. Sorry, this is all per 100,000 borrowed per month. So if I say $70, you multiply that by the number of 100,000s in your loan. So if it's 500,000, you multiply it by five. So that's three hundred and fifty dollars um, a month. You might be finding yourself out of pocket. I think that's the number. That's insane. Um, the time period might be wrong there, but I'm going to go to the other end of the scale, which I do know. Um, if you've had a loan for ten years plus, it's about a thousand and forty dollars on average, more per hundred thousand per per annum. So that seventy might be for one year. Sorry, so I might be getting that slightly wrong. 
but the $1,040 per for 10 year loan. So if you've got a half million dollar loan, potentially you're paying well over $5,000 more per annum than you need to. So actually I've created a, a guide on do-it-yourself uh, refinancing. Uh, and also, of course, if you find that a bit tricky because it's a bit time consuming because the bank puts you on hold, um, then of course you can always give me a call. <laughs> and so, Michael, how often should people refinance? We look based on the market and based on this ACCC's uh, report. I, well, we look at it for our clients. We go back to their existing lender every year. Every year. Every, every year we go back and say, this is the rate you're charging my client on their statement. This is your best rate for that product. That's purely within that lender for that product. Can you sharpen your rate to what you're offering new customers? So we do that every year. Every two years, two to three years, we offer it to clients. Do you want us to scan the market and see with your circumstances? Because circumstances change. Everyone's circumstances are a bit different. They'll have paid off some of their loan. Their property will have gone up a little bit in value. And we'll say, would you like us to scan the market and see what the best rates are for your profile now? And, you know, I've saved people um, somewhere between um, $250 and, well, the maximum was about $9,000 a year. Um, it, it, it's, it, it, and that was for a new client who came in who'd never checked their loan. Um, so it can be quite, you know, a, as I say to people, it's a lot of lattes. You know, you, you know, because <laughs> I'm a latte drinker, so I, 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 I value my spare cash in terms of how many lattes I can buy. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. If you've had a loan for a couple of years, um, give Michael a call. Um, find him on his website or on any of the social media and um, see if he can help you buy some more lattes. Thank we'll you very contact, much, Michael. Or we'll just contact Carmen and she'll direct you to me. <laughs> That's an option as well. <laughs>